This is The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger. The Political Insider is your inside source on politics from the White House to the State House and all points in between. If it's in the headlines, The Political Insider will have the story. Let's get started. Here's Bill Ballinger. Welcome, weekend political warriors. We have some exciting guests on today, particularly about Oakland County. And we've got somebody right off the bat who really knows what's going on in Oakland County, particularly in Farmington Hills. And she is Vicki Barnett, former representative Vicki Barnett, former Farmington Hills mayor Vicki Barnett, possibly future Farmington Hills mayor Vicki Barnett. Welcome to the Political Insider. Wow, what a great welcome. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Well, uh, you are, I think, running for election again uh, as mayor of Farmington Hills, right? You had an earlier uh, four-year stint, and now you're running again. Is that correct? That is correct. So hopefully in November, everybody in Farmington Hills will vote Barnett for mayor, and that would be great. So you've already been through a primary this year? No, actually, we don't have a primary in Farmington Hills. Um, So it's straight on to the general. Oh, I got you. Okay, very good. Uh, You only have one opponent? I only have one opponent. One opponent. Or, as he likes to say, he has one opponent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a nonpartisan race, right? Yes, it is. But that means that you had to give up your gig on Michigan Public Radio as a commentator, right? Yeah, I did. Because you're a candidate. That's too bad because this isn't a partisan race. I mean, they could have kept you on, couldn't they? Well, you know, I'm not going to second-guess Michigan Public Radio and their ethics. I think they probably did the right thing during an election year and a campaign. Um, So, uh they don't want to give anybody an, an undue advantage, and I, I appreciate that. Right. Well, you have a long political history. You were on the Farmington Hills City Council, I believe, for a long time. Yeah. And then uh, what was it, like uh, 2003, 2007 you were mayor? Yes, I was. And then oh, you're after, good. And Great then memory. after that, three two-year terms in the state house, you were term limited, correct? That is correct. Yeah, and you actually ran against L. Brooks Patterson the last time he ran. And you did pretty well. Uh, He's kind of a titan there uh, or was in Oakland County politics and he won. But you did pretty well. Uh, And uh, now we had a lot of uh, confusion, chaos uh, in the wake of L. Brooks Patterson's death. Uh, earlier this month in Oakland County to replace him. I'm just asking, at this point, how do you look at that whole process and what happened and how it's ended up at this point? I, I'm, I'm pleased with how it's ended up at this point, but I'm very disappointed in the entire process, the behavior of both sides. That's why I'm really glad to be going back to nonpartisan government. When you <laughs> <laughs> Truly, truly, truly. Um, and um, I wish Dave Coulter, the new county executive, um, a, a smooth landing and cooperation from both sides so that he can take over at the helm and, and keep Oakland County uh, one of the greatest counties in the country. You know, people are speaking pretty highly of Dave Coulter, uh, even Republicans. Uh, at this point, it kind of makes you wonder why didn't the Democratic majority just put him in there in the first place? I know David Woodward, the chairman of the Board of Commissioners, a Democrat who wanted the job himself, uh, you know, orchestrated this resignation that he did. Uh, 
and that created the chaos. But, you know, wasn't there some thinking in the beginning that maybe somebody like Dave Colder would have been a better pick to fill out the remainder of Brooks Patterson's term at least and then let the chips fall where they may next year in terms of who ran for the job? Well, I I, I don't want to blame this all on Dave Colter, I mean on Dave Woodward. First of all, it was not just Dave that wanted to be county exec, uh, Dave Woodward. Um, the entire Democratic delegation wanted Dave to be the next county executive. The delegation on the Board of Commissioners. On the Board of Commissioners, yeah. right. There were 11 of them. Dave resigned because by law he had to in order to be appointed, um, which is a quirky thing. Um, and, and I guess some... Some governmental bodies require resignation if you're going to run for a higher office or if you're going to be appointed to something different. Um, in most cases in politics, you don't have to resign your seat in order to be appointed to a different one, but you must resign right after, which is what happened to Dave Coulter. Dave Coulter was appointed. He was mayor of, Farming, of Ferndale. He had to resign his seat as mayor of Ferndale. He didn't have to resign his seat as mayor of Ferndale to apply for the position. Um, but Dave Woodward was in a different position, and he had to resign. And he was told by counsel that he had to resign when he resigned. So he followed counsel's advice. He resigned, applied for the position. Um, there was a stalemate then on the county board with the commissioners being split 10-10, 10 Republicans and 10 Democrats at that point. And that's when all the mess started. Yeah. Um, what about the unresigning aspect of what Dave Woodward did when he realized uh, he wasn't going to get the votes on the Board of Commissioners to be appointed because uh, a couple of Republicans that evidently he thought he could count on for support uh, went back either on their word or they decided, uh, you know what, we've never actually promised we would vote for David Woodward uh, to be the county executive unless it was a choice between him and Andy Meisner. And as I understand it, uh, the feelings uh, were not very positive toward Andy Meisner on the board. So Dave Woodward felt in pretty good shape. But then once he resigned, it's 10-10, as you say. And at that point, David Woodward says, well, you know what? I'm not resigning anymore. <laughs> I, I'm back on the board. You know, I'm pulling back my resignation. And of course, the Republicans have uh, screamed bloody murder and said this is illegal. You can't unresign. They filed suit. Uh, they tried to stop the election. Uh, that didn't work. The judge uh, denied their request for an injunction. Uh, what's going to happen on that going forward? Anything, in your opinion? Well, there's a new lawsuit that was just filed uh, two days ago by the uh, Oakland County uh, Board of Commissioners and, well, one in particular, Michael Spitz and uh, Rocky Ruskowski, who is the former state representative from Farmington Hills and the chair of the Oakland County uh, Republican Party. Uh, I don't know what the outcome of that is going to be, but the law in Oakland County for accepting a resignation is pretty clear, and that is it has to be accepted. You can turn it in, and it can be held, and you can uh, they can start processing your resignation, but you're not officially resigned until the board takes action on your resignation as a county commissioner. And the board had not had a final meeting and had not taken action. Therefore, 
Dave Woodward could rescind his resignation. That's the argument. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't even get into the weeds on that. Well, do you think that David Woodward realized that or knew that from the very beginning? He always knew he could step back into the role of chairman and unresign if he wanted to. Had counsel told him he could do that? Or do you think this was a a last-ditch scramble by David Woodward to salvage his political career? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that question. And um, I've talked to people on both sides, including Dave Woodward, and that's a question I never asked him. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I think the real problem here um, is that the, the Republicans in the county board of commissions and Brooks Patterson, uh, who, you know, may he rest in peace. I mean, it was just, it, it's very sad. Um, and I, uh, my heart goes out to his family for their loss. Uh, and especially for having to, to be uh, witness to all of this mess uh, before Brooks was even buried, um, which to me was a sad sight. Um, and, and Brooks and I were not friends, I can tell you that very clearly. But um, still, you know, you, you have to have respect for his legacy and his family. And um, so on that score, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed with both sides uh, of the aisle on this. Right. But for years, the county Republicans on the Board of Commissioners, including Brooks, have gone up to Lansing to change laws time and time again to give Republicans an advantage over Democrats in order to keep control of the county executive position and the board. And the march of time has changed, and they lost, including uh, when they went to the state and had a new law drafted for redistricting. Right. And who does the redistricting? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, boy, we could keep going on this forever, but we've got to end this segment. But I want to thank you, former Representative Vicki Barnett, the once-and-future mayor of Farmington Hills. Thank you. Thank you, Bill, so much for inviting me. You're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger on MTN. Here's Bill. We are back with still more on the machinations in Oakland County, Michigan's second largest county, its richest county. And we have got a guest here, also a former state representative and a former member of the County Board of Commissioners. And this one is a Republican uh, an old friend, in fact, just as recently as last week, Chuck Moss. Welcome to the hey. Political Insider. Hey, good to be here. Good to, good to talk to you. Yeah, listen, uh, let me just ask you, where are things right now in Oakland County? Have things settled down? Are people accepting the new appointed chair, uh, Dave Coulter, the former mayor of Ferndale, who had to resign that position, I think, on Monday of this week? Uh but the Republicans are still challenging that in court. Uh, how do you see things right now going forward? Well, right now, Dave Coulter is the uh, is the county executive. He has been appointed. Uh, he was appointed on Monday, and uh, he uh, you know uh, there's challenges and things. Who knows? Uh, you know if, if they can rule it. Uh, if they rule it illegal, are they going to undo however long he's the executive? It's like these guys. That, you know, they didn't believe that Barack Obama was really a citizen, and they were still fighting it six years into his administration. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what do you want to do? I mean, John McCain is dead. You know, you can't, 
You, can't, <laughs> you know, I can't, so. Uh, but anyway, no. What's what's going on is that he is now the he's, he's executive. Now I figure that he's got uh, he's got a real hard job, and he's in, in the hot seat. Now Dave Coulter was a county commissioner. He was a very well liked one. Uh, he then went on to be a popular and successful mayor of Ferndale. Ferndale is a very high profile community on Woodward Avenue, and all it's you know, a nice town. The problem with Ferndale is that it's uh, nineteen, oh, just shy of twenty thousand people. Oakland County is uh, 1.2 million, so it's like going from running a PT boat to running running a you know a heavy cruiser. And uh, Brooks is uh, Brooks is uh, they're not all gone, but the top ones have already they're already left. Jerry Poison uh, and and Bob Datto the the top two. Datto was the financial genius. Lori Van Peltu was also you know keeping the finances going. The bottom line for Oakland under the Brooks administration in the Brooks era was always the AAA bond rating and financial soundness. And Dave can't just say, okay, we're just going to keep things going, because the people who did that are gone. They're gone now. So you, I think uh, Dave, Dave's got, uh, you know, he was cruising up to Lansing. He was popular. He was going to do a great job. He's taking this detour to be county executive. And I think there's some risk in it in case stuff goes bad. Now, with Dave, he's got three, I think, three hurdles. And uh, the first one is to put together a staff and the team, and he said that he's got about a week and a half to do that. And he was sworn in on Monday, so about half a week is gone. I know he's put a woman named Hillary Chambers in as his uh, chief deputy, uh, which is good. But there's, uh, you know, there's, I don't know that he's, I don't know that Bill Mullen is still working as, uh, as a communications director. He's going to need someone doing that, and he's going to need, uh, you know, a AAA finance person in there. Otherwise, uh, you're going to have problems with the bond rating. Now, the second hurdle is uh, in thir- on the 30th of September, which is the end of the fiscal year, and a budget has to be adopted. Brooks put forward a Brooks-Patterson budget before he died, as people did. Um, but now that administration is gone. They're not there anymore. They're gone. So he's going to have to have something in place and passed that's good. And I know that the Democratic Board of Commissioners, which is the legislature, they want to make changes. So we'll see how that goes. That's the second hurdle. Third is the AAA bond rating. And that's a, usually um, end of winter, maybe early spring. The bond rating agencies don't just look at your balance sheet. They look at your policies, your procedures, your staff. If they smell any disarray, then there's a problem. So Dave Coulter is really on the hot seat, and he's got some stuff he's got to get cleared very, very quickly. And so uh, I don't envy him that job. You think uh, that he will just stand by Brooks Patterson's budget at this point, even though obviously he has a slightly different perspective on how that should be put together. If he had been there at the beginning of the year as County executive, he would have come up with a different budget. Uh, the board of commissioners has to approve this, right? And the- Oh, absolutely. And they can amend it because like any legislature and then, you know, the long era of good King Brooks, the board of commissioners was very much the little tail on the big dog. But uh, the Board of Commissioners can change it. They can adopt anything they want to. Pa- County Executive can veto it. So, uh, but it's a, you know, a humongous job to get into that budget and start messing around with it. You do have Democrats uh, uh, who are you know, uh, fairly important on the board who really want to make a change. They want to make big changes. So can you do that in five weeks? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so that's going to be a big test. That's, and I do know that you're never going to be able to replace a Bob Datto, probably not a Lori Van Pelt. Those are the financial people. But you're going to have to get someone in there, and it's been a few days, and there's still nobody there. 
Now, to contrast, when, you know, uh, in like up in Lansing, uh, regimes change all the time. You know, Granholm leaves, Snyder comes in, Snyder leaves, Whitmer comes in. Uh, th- this happens a lot. This hasn't happened in 30 years. Uh, but uh, if they can't get it together, you could get to the 30th and you have no budget, and then you get into a shutdown. We've seen, we saw in Lansing with Granholm how bad that was, and Lansing may be having that happen again. Yeah, let me, a couple of quick questions. I mean, Poisson and um, Bob Dadow, did they resign just voluntarily, or did uh, Coulter tell them no, pretty much hit no. the road? Uh, you know, well, uh, I, they I'm, had, yeah, no, they, they had uh, they had planned to leave because remember the, the in the first machination, uh, Dave Woodward was going to get sworn in a week ago, you know, Tuesday or Thursday, excuse me. So um, they had the, they had their offices cleaned out; they were ready to go. Uh, and the possibility that, that Poison stayed on as interim, okay. But, uh, no, they were never going to work. They wouldn't work for anyone with books. I think that, that they had already planned. God, see, these guys have been there forever. Um, they've, been, they've got 25-plus years, and some of them have 30. Lori Van Pelt had 40. So, and she, I think she started working when she was five. So the deal is, is that um, all they have to do is call the retirement office. They're all vested in the defined benefit plan that got changed in the 90s. You know, they don't have they didn't have to work. So this was entirely expected that when Brooks was gone, they would leave too. I would have been on my knees with, you know, flowers and chocolate and anything to get them to stay. <laughs> well, um, does the the uh, county executive have line item veto authority in Oakland, just like a governor does at the state level? Yes, I believe so. OK, so. In other words, uh, we've got, you know, supposedly a looming crisis at the state level in Michigan because we're nearing this September 30th deadline on getting a budget done. You're saying the same thing is, yeah, it's the same thing going on in Oakland County. I don't think anybody realizes that. So, in other words, if Brooks had lived, uh, there would have been some kind of confrontation probably between him and his budget on the one hand and the board of commissioners controlled by the opposite party, the Democrats, on the other. I mean, there might have been a government shutdown, maybe even with Brooks Patterson still there. Uh, that's possible. That's possible. Although, uh, you know, the, um, the the old team, the Patterson team, which is now gone, uh, put that AAA bond rating. I think there would have been a lot of compromise get done because, you know, they, they knew what they were doing. Anyway. I got you. Listen, uh, great explanation. I really appreciate it going forward. What's going to happen in Oakland County? Big challenge for the board chairman, Dave Colder. I want to thank you so much, former Representative Chuck Moss, former County Commissioner Chuck Moss, maybe future County Commissioner Chuck Moss. We'll see. Thank you, Chuck Moss. Thank you. We'll be back. You're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger on MTN. Here's Bill. We have returned with more discussion on the turbulent political climate in Oakland County in the wake of the death of County Executive L. Brooks Patterson. We've got a uh, special guest here, Nolan Finley, uh, editorial page editor of the Detroit News, uh, host of the Nolan Finley Show on 910 AM radio, a prominent columnist for the Detroit News. Nolan Finley, welcome to the Political Insider. Good to be with you, Bill. 
Okay, I just want to ask you, how do you look at what has happened in Oakland County in the uh, turbulent effort to replace L. Brooks Patterson and going forward the prospects for David Coulter, who is apparently right now the appointed uh, county executive to fill out the unexpired portion of Patterson's term, although that's still being contested in court by the Republicans. What do you think? I thought I was looking at Wayne County. Uh, <laughs> turn back the clock uh, several decades to when uh, uh, Bill Lucas resigned as Wayne County executive and the shenanigans and the and the uh, backroom dealing that led to Robert, or um, yeah, that led to Robert Ficano's appointment to that uh, to the sheriff's office. Uh, you know, and it, it reminded me of those days. Right. Well, I mean, it was messy, uh, but they've ended up apparently with David Colder, a former county commissioner who was mm-hmm. fairly well regarded by yes. both sides, uh, mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats, and has been most recently the mayor of Ferndale, a right. position from which he had to resign Monday to take this new job. What do you think about his prospects going forward, and is it likely to be undone, maybe in court, or is that kind of something we shouldn't really be worrying about too much? I think there's a big, there's a real possibility it could be undone by the court, because David Woodward resigned, and his resignation was recorded by the clerk. Uh, There's no provision in the Oakland County Charter that his resignation has to be voted on. Um, He resigned. Uh, and, And, you know, it's like, He's now saying, well, I didn't take my finger off the checker piece. Well, nine <laughs> days passed, and, you know, I don't think you can move that piece back to, you know, home square. So I thought, you know, I think they're probably going to lose this lawsuit, and uh, and it'll, it will then see what the commission chooses to do. I mean, they could, recon, they could reconvene as a 10-10 um, board and still approve Coulter, or they could vote to restore uh, Jerry Poison as the interim county executive, which is what they should have done in the first place. Uh, so, you know, a lot of there's a lot of variables here, but I don't think that you can rescind the resignation. Well, you know, there's just over a month left before the end of the fiscal year, and mm-hmm. everybody's talking about. Uh, possible uh, government shutdown at the state level uh, with the legislature and Governor Gretchen Whitmer at odds. Uh, But nobody's paid any attention until now uh, to Oakland County, which actually has the same situation looming Mm -hmm. uh, before it. I mean, you've got a uh, now Democratic county executive, but maybe he won't be for long. You've got a slightly... uh, Democratic board if Woodward stays in that position. I mean, this whole thing is chaotic, and, you know, this could affect their bond rating. It could affect everything. Oh, it's bond, too. I mean, you know, what they should do to keep this thing as clean as possible is schedule a special election to fill both the commission seat that Woodward resigned and the county executive seat that Brooks left open. Uh, Get this thing, let the voters decide this and let them decide it as soon as possible. And, you know, the worst thing that's happened, I think, since Brooks's death is this week you saw the brain trust of Oakland County walk out the door. That will affect the bond rating, I believe, more than anything else. You've got, uh, you had Bob Datto, 
that's probably the best municipal finance guy, numbers guy in the country, walk out. He retired. Uh, Lori Van Pelt, the chief financial officer, walked out. Uh, uh, Jerry Poison's gone. Uh, the, the team that made Oakland County, Oakland County, is now gone all at once with no transition. I think that will probably give bond buyers the jitters more than anything else we've seen. Yeah, well, let's say that the courts rule that Woodward could not rescind his resignation, mm-hmm. and it goes back to square one. Yeah. Uh, even if there's a special election next spring, going forward, this board at that point is going to be 10-10. So do you think the board is likely to pretty much rubber stamp or approve Brooks Patterson's budget for the next year, which is, you know, that that has got to be decided supposedly by September 30th? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be uh, a challenge. And if it's 10-10, they should do what uh, you remember the days when the state house was. Was it the House or the Senate that was evenly divided? You the had, House was co- back in 1993-94, yeah. and they had shared power. Yeah, so you had co- co-speakers, right? Correct. And and maybe that's what you have here in a 10-10 environment. When it was 10-10 for those nine days, all you know, the the... The um, Democrats assumed they still behaved as if they still had the majority and made <laughs> arbitrary d- d- decisions. And, and uh, um, you know, I think if you've got a 10-10 split, there ought to be co-speakers and or co-chairmen, and they ought to, you know, then be forced to come to some sort of consensus on things. Yeah, if, if uh, Jerry Poisson was uh, acting county executive, uh after the death of Brooks Patterson and or Brooks Patterson was still there, if Brooks Patterson had lived, you would have had a confrontation between a Democratic majority board uh, and the executive for the first time in like 40 years. Right. And uh, that could have led to, you know, tit for tat and back and forth, mm-hmm. line item vetoes on various things and whether the commissioners would try and override that and that kind of thing. The, the most responsible thing the commission could have done for taxpayers and residents, set aside partisanship. Jerry Poison, very able administrator, very, and he's, he's been running the county in Brooks's op- absence anyway. Uh, that would have kept things stable until an election could be held, and it would have calmed investors, calmed the bond markets, because you know, they have trust in Jerry Poison. Uh, I don't know what they're thinking now about this situation. Wouldn't it have been a lot better? I mean, it's the hindsight, obviously, is always easy. Uh, if they, in the beginning, had decided, you know, Dave Colder is a pretty good guy for this job. This is when the Democrats still had the majority with Dave Woodward in the chair, and they appointed uh, Colder at that point, at the beginning, rather than this huge mess. They could have done that easily, but Woodward wanted to try to get an advantage for himself, and so he he engaged in this underhanded handed plot to resign, co-opt a couple of Republicans uh, to appoint him as the interim executive, and give him a head start on the election next year. It was sleazy business. Well, you know, going forward, let's assume the court uh, doesn't rule in the Republicans' favor, and let's say that Coulter is in there as county executive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens next year? Coulter has not said he would not run for county executive. Nope. 
And then you've got Andy Meisner, whom we have not mentioned, the county treasurer, who obviously is licking his chops, waiting for the chance to run for this next year. He's got a campaign. And then what happens to Dave Woodward? Does he just throw in the towel and say, I lost my best chance? Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Is he willing to give up his his position to run for that? Um, Who knows? what what he'll do, uh, but I was not encouraged that uh, uh, Coulter's first appointment was, you know, he went for a partisan political person rather than an able administrator. That's Hillary Chambers. Hillary Chambers, right? The yeah, chief I mean, of she staff. was Sander Levin's chief of staff. She's not an administrator. She doesn't have that kind of experience. Uh, you know, she's a political person. Right. Well, listen, we could talk about this ad nauseum, but listen, you've done a great job on that subject. But I want to get you back in a minute to talk about a column you wrote uh, earlier this week about the tragic death of the little girl in Detroit mauled by three pit bulls. We'll be back in a minute with Nolan Finley. Stay tuned. This is MTN, and you're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger. Here's Bill. We are back with Nolan Finley, editor of the editorial page of the Detroit News, prominent columnist, prominent radio show host, Nolan Finley. I want to ask you about the column you wrote uh, this week and other comments you've made uh, in other media about the tragic death of little I think nine-year-old Emma Hernandez um, at the fangs and jaws of three pit bulls in the city of Detroit. Uh, what is the latest on that, and what are your feelings now compared to when you first heard about it? Well, I mean, apparently they, they've arrested the owner of the pit bull, charged him with second-degree murder and negligent homicide, as they should. But that's barn door stuff, you know. What we haven't seen yet is a plan from the mayor's office to address this issue of dangerous dogs in the city, whether they're stray dogs or dogs that are are owned by by uh, individuals, families, we have a dangerous dog problem in Detroit. And the viciousness of this and brutality of this young girl's death ought to sicken all of us. We ought to be just absolutely outraged and disgusted by this. Uh, it's a disgrace that this happened on the streets of a major American city, and not the first time. 19, or 2016, three years ago, young Xavier Strickland, four years old, pulled out of his mother's hands, drug under a fence by three, four pit bulls, and eaten, eaten alive. This, this young girl, Emma um, Hernandez, riding her bike, nine years old, riding her bike in her neighborhood in Detroit, and these three dogs pull her off. We didn't do anything the last time it happened. We damn well need to do something this time. Uh, the Animal Control Department doesn't have a director, uh, which, suggest, which tells you uh, the priority the, the administration places on this. Uh, he just hired a new arts director. Uh, all the resources we can muster should be going toward uh, ridding the city of this problem. Nine animal control officers and, and the departments open 10 to 3. And you can make a call, make a call, make a call, and nobody, nobody answers. 
this has got to be a priority. We've got kids going to be on the streets on September 3rd, walking back and forth to school on the sidewalks. These kids are terrified. Their parents are terrified of the, of the uh, dangerous dogs in the city. Uh, it's one of the things you hear parents talk about when they talk about, um, you know, the safety of their children. You know, how do they pick a route that doesn't take them by a dangerous dog? This is outrageous. And we ought to stay angry. We ought to keep putting pressure on the mayor's office for a plan. Doesn't this, How are you going to fix it? Yeah, doesn't this give Detroit still another black eye? I mean, nationally. this is... Of course. That's what I, I said on my show this morning. you got 11 storytellers, 9, 10, 11 storytellers on the payroll in Detroit. Well, every good story in the world you, 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 you could tell about Detroit gets wiped away when you have this story about a girl being dragged off her bike by dogs, wild dogs, and eaten. This is crazy. You know, uh, maybe uh, we've got a situation with the governor not being maybe quite as outraged about this as you might think she would be. Uh, been a touchy-feely story in the last week or so because uh, she and her husband bought a designer dog, Labradoodle, for mm-hmm. uh, their two teenage daughters. And there were a lot of great stories about dogs in the executive residence in Lansing and then comparing that to dogs in the White House, and et cetera. But then these two terrible tragedies happened in Detroit in 2016 and 2019, and it's like that's the reverse side of the coin, but not the kind that's uh, not the side that's shiny and bright, the, shi- mm-hmm. the one that's... Uh, you know, dark and smudged and black and evil. And I, I don't see, you know, the governor, in addition to the mayor, with the outrage that you would think there would be. I mean, everybody's issued statements. This is an opportunity for her, though, to weigh in and to say, here, here's how we can help or how can we help. We take this problem seriously. We won't stand for it in our state, let alone our state's largest city. I mean, we won't stand for it anywhere. How do we help? You know, let's let's get a handle on this problem. And how do we, as a state, help? Uh, how do we, as a county, help? How do we, as a police department? Everybody should have been in that alley, saying after this happened, saying never again here. Well, we're go- going to get this under control, and it's going to take everybody. Yeah, going forward, I mean, what were the concrete things that ought to be done? Certainly, somebody ought to be answering the phone. You know? Well, you need you need a a a uh, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week animal control department, not 10 to 3, five days a week. you got to beef up that department from its current nine to whatever it takes. And I don't have the answer to that, but whatever it takes to do the job. Uh, and, and start enforcing the rules and the laws that are already on the book. We have very vigorous laws governing dog ownership in this city. Uh, every time something like this happens, we pass another law. Uh, and that's good, but better if we enforce them. And they're not being enforced. People are still abusing animals, uh, housing animals, breeding animals illegally in the city. Crack down. Yeah, isn't there some evidence that Animal Control did go to the owner of these dogs like a year ago? A year ago. And, they and, went to the, no, they went to the house a year ago, made two trips, never found the owner, never found the dogs, and that was it. Oh, boy. And I talked to a neighbor the other day who said they called recently on the dogs, never got an answer. Wow. So, 
You know, when you when you got a dangerous dog in your area and you got children there and you and you pick up the phone to report it, somebody better answer. But in this case, the neighbors who were calling nine one one couldn't get an answer after the girl was attacked. I mean, we got to reset our priorities here, and you know, maybe look at where uh, we're spending our resources. You don't think it's really a question also of the breed? Uh, pit bulls have gotten such a bad reputation. Um, I don't know what you do about that. you got to enforce. Uh, I'm not an expert on that. Um, you know, they seem to be, in, just in, in my uninformed opinion, a dog that probably, uh, probably has tendencies that don't make it good as a, for a neighborhood pet for a pet in the neighborhood, but I don't know anything. Uh, I don't have any expertise. I just know that, you know, dangerous dogs probably come in all breeds, and we should we should be focusing on getting the city, you know, clean of dangerous dogs. What about the mayor? Uh, you, you We've mentioned him tangentially, but what did, was his official statement? I mean, what, how did he explain well, this he, away? I mean, after Strickland's death in 2016. He didn't. He just, you know, he's, he just sent out a statement. They're horrified. They're going to take action, blah, blah, blah. And I hope he comes up with a plan. Wow. But, man, this is something he should have been out there on the platform about saying, we are going to fix this. This can't happen again in our city. You know, one you know, of the- but he mumbled a few words of uh, sympathy and, you know, outrage, if you will, and then, boom, gone. You know, one of the things that's happened on Mike Duggan's watch is still a diminishing population in the city of Detroit. He said, I will consider myself a failure if I have not reserved, reversed the population outflow during my tenure as mayor. Well, it hasn't happened. I mean, Detroit is still losing population. You can't mm-hmm. believe an incident like this is going to help. It certainly doesn't say come live here, does it? No, it doesn't. I really, it's amazing. Uh, in Detroit, Otherwise, what are the things you think that people are really concerned about? Well, it's always crime and education. You know, those are the two things that are top of mind. But we keep uh, hearing out state, you know, about the glitter of the downtown revival. But I've been hearing terrific. that off and on for 30 years, and the neighborhoods still seem to be in terrible shape. Well, there come, yeah, I mean, there are um, issues in the neighborhood. But uh, they're getting a lot more attention, and things are are be, problems are being addressed more now than they have been at any time in my 43 years working in the city. You know, I think we've got good progress going on. I really do. Uh, are the lighting the is the say, lighting? Oh, situ- nothing's happening in the neighborhoods. It's not true. You had uh, uh, a bank. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember which bank it was, but. Uh, Put five million bucks this week in the, you know, Rouge Park neighborhood. I mean, there's investment in the neighborhoods. It's just going to take a long time uh, to wipe away 60, 70 years of neglect. Is the demolition of abandoned properties continuing apace? And what about the lighting situation in the neighborhoods? Lighting seems to be good. Uh, I think they took care of that with the um, help they got from the state. Uh, Demolitions, you know, it's hard to keep up with them because you haven't stemmed the abandonment yet. Right. Listen, we could talk about this forever. Tragic event in Detroit. And Nolan Finley, you've been a very perceptive, uh, articulate 
uh, analyst about this situation. Thank you so much, Nolan Finley, editorial page editor of the Detroit News. That's all for this week. Thank you.